0: Welcome to the Image Doctors Photography Podcast, where we talk all things digital and sometimes film photography. I'm Jason O'Dell. I'm Mark Walker. And we won't be talking too much about film today, but... People seem to hate that. It's all good. (laughs) People, people, no, people are very polarized about that. People either want to say film is the greatest thing ever invented or or whatever but we're in the middle it's it's fun stuff but but different and and we are coming to you early this week because we wanted to bring you our annual holiday gift idea episode um right also
1: known as good ways to piss off your
0: spouse right (laughs) so these gifts might be for someone you know or they could just be for you we won't um judge no. <laughs> it's, God, no. it's all good. Um, many of these ideas are going to be out on my website in a, on my blog at luminescentphoto.com We'll have links to the most of these products, if not all of them that we talk about. Um, and so we want to sort of break things down into um, a couple of different categories. There's little things that you can always use. Uh, And then there's sort of more big ticket items. If you're just looking, you know, in the market, we don't want to sit here and recommend that everyone goes out and buys something like a $15,000 camera lens or something like that. Uh,
1: This used to be our stocking stuffer uh, episode, right? And it's not quite that it's the way I would describe it is. um, There's certainly lots of smaller things that would fit in that stocking stuffer uh, category. Um, but there are also things on this that we really haven't talked a lot about that are newer things that we think are just good and they vary in price. Um, none of them are $15,000, but they're not necessarily cheap either, but they're, they're not necessarily things you've heard about from us. So we thought we'd include Mm -hmm. them and they are things we recommend. Excellent. Well, why don't we just start
0: off by some smaller things, um, in just a general category Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of stuff and i see this sometimes with clients on workshops or or things that you haven't really thought about um and again all these things are listed um out on out on my website but you know i if you've got like older memory cards upgrading those is never a bad idea because the capacities are larger the prices are down and you might even be able to upgrade to newer newer formats like i know As a Nikon person, you know, they brought in XQD back with the uh, D4, and now it's moving over to CF Express Type B. Um, None of them are inexpensive, but if you're moving forward, you know, you might want to start, you know, maybe replace one or two with the newer kind,
1: right? And, And the good thing, too, is the CF Express cards are used by more than one company. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the XQDs were really pretty much Nikon and a couple well, Sony, Sony made them but <laughs> cinema type models yeah and that was about it. Um, the CF Express cards are showing up all over the place right especially and, the and, type and, B and, ones
0: And frankly they're not all that more expensive at least the type B ones aren't all that more expensive than the current prices on XQD. So if you you got a camera that can use either one, Um, I know, I know that Nikon updated their firmware to allow the Z cameras, I think across the line, all the ones that use the XQD Mm -hmm. can now use CF express type B the, the difference. And the, the key thing is if you are going to go that route, make sure your card reader will read them because if you have a dedicated XQD reader, you're going to want to get one that can read, um, CF express and, and there's really, there's some that are dual readers and I put a link to that. Um, there's a Sony one that I use that can read both formats and, that and can that's be useful um so that's a good thing um what are some other things uh you know if you're not putting your memory cards in a card wallet <laughs> you might want to consider it mm-hmm. um there, there's lots of different ones out there i like the ones from from think tank i think they're they're nicely done they hold a lot of cards that's what i use too. They've got a little leash on them you know it clips in they don't things. take up much space But, I mean, the last thing you want to do is show up for something and have all your memory cards be randomly scattered throughout your camera bag.
1: Um, It's bad in so many ways. Good way to lose them. Good way to lose track of what actually has images on them versus not. Right. Let's talk about filters and filter accessories
0: a little bit, too. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think we're both in the same mindset, that we really only use two kinds of filters right rick maybe i mean mean, more or less the go-to filters tend to be something in the polarizer for a specific purpose of removing Mm -hmm. glare and then and then also things like solid nd filters there's for for getting slow exposures long exposures the exception
1: would be infrared
0: filters yeah, but that's a different thing altogether. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we can talk yeah. about that with infra- infrared. But stuff. I would agree with you. In terms of regular photography, um, if you don't have a good polarizing filter, you know, a multi-coded one, it's it, it's better um, than those... Inex- you know, if, if it's... I and mean, we're talking about a filter that might cost you 80 or $100. Mm-hmm. Um, they really are better. <laughs> so if you're going to use those, um, there's some out there. Um, And then solid ND filters, we both have sets of those. But the most useful one, wouldn't you say, is like the 15-stop filter?
1: If someone is wanting to do a really long exposure photography where you get cloud movement or you're at the the coast and you want the ocean just to go almost flat. Like in full uh, daylight. In full daylight, then a 15 stop is definitely the way to go. Um, and I would say, if you don't have one of those, that that's a good thing to to pick up because that is a useful look. It's not just gimmicky. It works well for certain images, especially with the clouds, I think. And I would pick up one of those. Yeah, and and there's
0: a couple that are out there, and the ones that um, we are both using lately um have been either from breakthrough photography makes good ones and then there's also a set from kalari which is a, we'll talk about more about them with infrared but they make um front solid nd filters um and they're not terribly expensive they're very good and and they work in the infrared spectrum um i i've tested them so my current set are those the ring mount ones um because then you have the possibility of exploring long exposure, infrared photography. And if you don't, they work just fine with visible. So there's, if you're going to have one set, it's, and they appear to come
1: out of the same factory.
0: Yeah. And they're very good filters. So I can't, can't complain. Um, what
1: about some other little
0: things? Like, um, if you travel a lot, you know, we've talked a lot about smartphone photography, um, how good it's getting. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I like to carry around with me a lot is, um, sometimes I'll bring my little gorilla pod, you know, those little tabletop bendy tripods. Mm -hmm. And then I get a clamp um, that holds the smartphone and the kind of clamp that I have actually has an Arca Swiss dovetail on the bottom. So I could clamp it into a regular, regular um, tripod. And for some things like those long exposures that your phone can do, like (laughs) the night mode stuff, having a little tripod can be super useful. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's just a consideration for, for traveling for things, you know, like when, when you're on the, if, if you travel a lot, you know, that might be something to use. Um, and another thing that I've been doing too, is I know a lot of my clients will travel, you know, you have your laptop and you'll oftentimes want to have an external hard drive, um, you know, to store your pictures on or back things up to, or it's also very easy to transfer your photos between computers if you have them on an external drive um mm-hmm. the price of some of these portable SSDs has gotten really good there's been some on sale occasionally um the SanDisk ones i think a 2 terabyte um USB-C bus powered SSD it's it's like 150 or 100, you know it's under $200 mm-hmm. um and what i really like about them when i'm traveling is first of all they're very small they're not those bulky things and and they're and they're super fast they're much faster than any spinning drive and they're much more resistant to damage because there's no moving parts in them
1: yeah yeah i have a one terabyte sand disc that's the type that you're talking about and i use it all the time for transferring images from my laptop which is often where stuff starts over to my desktop and it just makes it so easy it's really fast yeah it's
0: it's and and i mean they they literally are almost the size of a credit card at this point. Yeah. You know, they, you can just tuck them in a bag somewhere and, and um, in a zippered compartment. Yeah. Um, oh, and speaking about uh, filters and the, the other accessories when you're traveling, um, we like the uh, to have filter cases for our ring mount filters. Mm-hmm. And there's one in particular that you and I both use, and that's the Think Tank Filter Hive Mini. It holds four ring mount filters up to 82 millimeter uh, uh, diameter or filter Mm -hmm. thread. And I love these little things. They're just, they're small, they fold flat, and I can just tuck them in a compartment
1: in my bag and I don't have all these bulky plastic filter cases everywhere. Yeah, they're wonderful. I think I've got like four of them. (laughs) That's good. So I can have certain sets, you know, ready to go and another one to move things around into and. At any rate, four seems to be a good number. Yeah, for four. Me. <laughs> I need but to get great. at
0: least one more. I was going to yeah. get some, and then I, I ran out of time. Um, speaking of of that, now we, we're we going to get into um, bags a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, because camera bags, you can never have enough, or you always have too many or whatever. Now, I, I know I you have probably even more bags than I do. I so do. I'm going to just start with like what I consider my bread and butter right now. Uh-huh. Uh, and and then we'll talk about some other ones that you've come out with that you've been using um, because I think they're, they have their uses. So for me, and, and, and I think we're both very similar um, mm-hmm. there, there's times when you want a backpack and there's times when maybe you want to, maybe you have your gear packed in a roller bag and then you want to just put things into a shoulder bag for when you're doing like photo walks when you're on, mm-hmm. a, on a vacation uh, or a trip. So both, both have their, their uses. Now, when it comes to backpacks, I know that I'm using, and I think you are as well, the um, think tank slash mind shift backlight series, the mm-hmm. 18L. And I have the slightly larger 26L. Mm-hmm. The L They're both L. great. Um, and just depending on what, what I want to pack, those are just wonderful. I, I've really stopped using all the other backpacks
1: that I had in the past. We, we've used those for several years now. And I think kind of ended up with them independently of mm-hmm. each other. And yeah, they're, they're just keepers. They work really well. They're, they're not designed bulky. wonderfully. Everything is good, pretty much.
0: Yeah, I really, I really like them. And they're big enough to hold a, like a 13-inch laptop um, or an iPad without any, any trouble. So sometimes I'm just kind of putting everything in one bag mm-hmm. as my carry-on. That's, that's the way to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, shoulder bags, there's a lot of different choices. And you've um, uh, used a couple of different ones. And one of these is from Billingham,
1: right? Yeah. And I, as people who have listened to our podcast for a while know, I, I really think their bags are great. The two I use the most, actually, are the Hadley Pro 2020 model and, and the Hadley Pro Small or Small Pro. I can't remember which one it is. Those are really great. But they came out with a newer one um, that is what I have uh, in Portugal, actually. It's called a a mini-eventer. It's just a little bit different style. It's kind of in between the Hadley Pro and the small version of the Hadley in terms of size. And it's great. Um, So I would recommend that one. Um, Makes sense to take a look at the configuration of it and
0: how Mm -hmm.
1: much it'll hold to see if it'll work for someone. But It's a very good bag. Well, and I was going to just say, keep in mind the whole point of
0: a shoulder bag is to not carry everything that you, yes, yeah. It is, it is so you don't want one that holds the kitchen sink.
1: No, you'll never be able to walk around. And one thing that I always prioritize so, if you're getting a bag recommendation from me, just know that this was an important factor is that it be light and not, you know, add you know, five pounds of bulk to what you're already okay. carrying. Right. So I, I strive for things being on the more stripped down and lightweight side. Right. Um, so the mini eventer is a good one. Um, the entire Wotencraft craft pilot series. Those are wonderful bags. They've introduced a few smaller ones. Um, the one I use the most is the seven L. So it's a seven liter bag and It's very light. It holds just a nice amount of equipment, not so much that you end up with the problem that you were talking about. Um, But all of them are good. I think they go from like two liters or a little Mm -hmm. over two liters
0: up to 10. I I just got an email this morning Mm -hmm. um, that Think Tank is offering 25% off their duffel bags. So they have a series of, of you know, mm-hmm. these are meant to carry gear from like a car to a mm-hmm. site. Probably not something that I would necessarily use, but but they have them in two sizes and they're on sale. Just to point it out, through the 9th of December, there's 25% mm-hmm.
1: Black Friday savings, right? Because it was all about getting deals. You've probably seen me with smaller duffels at times on our trips, and I'll, I'll just throw things like um, miscellaneous camera accessories, gloves, mm-hmm. binoculars etc into one of those just to have stuff organized a little and not all over the car so yeah. i can imagine why these are useful these are kind
0: of interesting because i'm, I'm looking at what the, they call them the freeway long haul and there's a 50 liter and a 75 liter so those but are big th- these are big but these these are literally um for um you know probably like lighting and it's an organizer container it's got dividers and pockets um looks like the top zips closed it's got handles it's got pouch on the side um if you're you know it's probably just a very good all-purpose sort of organizer duffel bag that you could use for all kinds of things um you know not just camera gear you know just mm-hmm. if you wanted to throw if you're going on a car trip it would be a a useful thing to stick stuff I think especially if it's in yeah. organizer pouches yeah these are pretty big so anyway just just to throw that out there because I did get a a, a last minute notification about it this morning yeah
1: one one thing that you've seen me using because I had it with me when we were down in in Tucson uh, is a uh, very lightweight, simple backpack made by a company called brevity. It's a brevity jumper. It looks like it's spelled brevite. Yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's like Um, Yosemite. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, it's a really nice, simple backpack. That's lightweight. You know, remember the factor I was mentioning earlier Has a soft fabric that feels good. And it's just wonderful. If you're shooting with a smaller kit, um, it's got some space at the top where you can throw miscellaneous items or a you know compact raincoat or something like that. And it's got a side opening for your camera and lens to slide in that makes it easier to get stuff in and out. But nice little backpack. Yeah, those those are it's not it's not one that's meant to be abused, but you know for normal use it's it's absolutely great
0: right and you know there's something to be said about that not everybody needs to go hiking in the himalayas with their camera no i mean, no, no. I mean sometimes these things are in fact one of the criticisms i had of of photo bags early on and i mean really mm-hmm. early on when i was getting into this more was that some of them were just so darn bulky with so much padding that it was ridiculous yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you want your gear to be protected, but I mean, there's limits. But to you that.
1: don't need as much padding as most people think at all. Yeah. So that's a, a good idea. Okay. Um, and related to bags, straps. Yeah. Oh, straps. You know, we've, yes. we've talked about peak design straps in the past, and they remain really nice, whether it's shoulder strap or wrist strap. Those I need are, to get those that wrist good. strap. I keep forgetting. It, is, super, it is very useful, but. I want to highlight a little company out of Kentucky called Clever Supply. And I've gotten several straps from them. Their, their thing is leather. And, and I realize it's a little bit controversial at times for some people. But it does have some virtues too. But the key thing with these is they use the Peak Design anchors. Oh, cool. And so just like with the Peak Design straps, you can attach or detach them almost instantly works really well. And they've got both wrist straps and a variety of shoulder straps. These are not the straps that you would want to use if you're carrying around a camera with a 600 millimeter lens on it. <laughs> it. But for smaller, lighter stuff, including some things I'll mention in a few minutes, they're, they're actually quite wonderful because they are so flexible, um, store easy. Uh, they have some really nice attributes. So, Clever Supply, I I recommend them. Adds to, makes note, add to list. Mm -hmm. All right. So, should we talk about my more expensive things? Yeah. Before we get into there, let me
0: just Mm -hmm. um, make one more um, uh, little subset. And, you know, we've talked about these products before, but most of these guys are having sales right now. We have links to the, the, um, the, companies on our website and that's software stuff Mm -hmm. um and and the reason why i i bring it up is because um you know there are times when when it's time to if you're not using certain software um and you know one you know i'm just going to say it again i still really believe that there's no better editing product out there for the money than what you can get with the adobe photo you know Lightroom Classic plus Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize that's not for everybody, but the features like we've discussed in the past, you know, few months have just been absolutely worth the money. They're outstanding. The, the things you can do with them now, in in fact, you know, a lot of Lightroom stuff makes a lot of Photoshop obsolete. So if you were really hung up on, you know, a Photoshop workflow or or just using something else, not that other products aren't good. I'm just saying like I think they're they're excellent and then the other the other ones and there's usually black friday savings i know for one the um, topaz um ai collection is currently on sale if you get their bundle um it's on sale for like i don't know almost 300 off the normal you know individual pricing um that that includes the denoise sharpen um gigapixel and then the new photo ai is thrown in there
1: um my Which assumption kind of is, includes the features of all right those first three to a certain you know, extent
0: and and i think the reason why it's nice to have all four of those is because while photo ai i think is the way it will end up in some point um it's not all the way there so there's still some features sometimes for specific sharpening applications or masking where, where the other plugins are a little more mature and photo AI is still still getting there, but it's it's on sale right now for for I think you can get the bundle for like one hundred and sixty dollars through the end of or through the beginning of December. So it's a good price right now. If you were, we recommend that software. I'm just saying. absolutely. Like, I, this, I mean, it's become part of our toolkit.
1: Yeah, to an extent that we never thought was going to happen. Um, so that's that's they pretty are awfully good, and, and then of awfully course useful
0: um, if you're not. You know, our, our number one plugin, I would say for creative adjustments, you know, in color, black and white contrast adjustments, things that are just difficult to do in either Lightroom or Photoshop by itself is still that Nick collection for yep. DXO. Yep. And, and, uh, I haven't checked l- lately to see, but they almost always run a, a black Friday deal. So you can check those yeah. out too, um, yeah. So I know the Topaz collection is on sale through December 1st. So this would be the time to consider that. Mm -hmm. You can check out the links on our website. Um, And then one other thing before we get into the cameras, because this is good Mm -hmm. stuff, is is this the year that you consider maybe converting a camera to infrared? Mm -hmm. You know, is this this is an interesting time to do it? This is not a big time. For infrared photography, typically the winter is not—you you know, can't—but you know most of the time you're looking for trees and foliage and stuff, so not a lot of that happening right now. Um, However,
1: if someone wants to join us in Tucson and yeah, February, will be a, there is a workshop that certainly there. will work. So we maybe there's a to... few spots. Well, and you know, hey, a huge amount.
0: Photo photo workshops and or safaris are a great investment in in your learning. Because there's no better way, in my opinion, to 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 go somewhere and you know spend three or four days behind your camera, so that you commit it to muscle memory and then learning from people who know what they're talking about. Um, I know, and I certainly know you know what you're talking about. But yeah, yeah infrared conversion. Um, we're both looking into. I think you're actually in the process of getting your camera converted to full spectrum by Kalari Vision. Is that correct?
1: uh yeah in fact by the time anyone listens to this podcast i will have it in hand and because it's supposed to show up in a few hours oh great <laughs> well that's cool
0: um but but one of the things we've both stayed away from that in the past but there's a reason why and we maybe we'll have a, a, an entire topic on this some other time but the, the the cool thing about a full spectrum infrared camera is that you can use filters to get pretty much any kind of wavelength cutoff that you want different kinds of looks, including put a hot mirror filter on it and it becomes a visible light camera, which can be useful as maybe a backup or something. Or, you know, when you want one camera to do both things. The problem that, at least for me, has been if you have a bunch of filters that are not only, you know, they're not only um, fairly expensive, but they come in a simple uh, ring mount and you know you have a variety of lenses that all have different filter threads. It gets messy in a hurry because you not only have to carry around the filters, but then you have to have potentially step rings and adapters, mm-hmm. and and now you can't use your lens hood, and it's a pain, right? But starting um, in the last year, Kalari Vision came out with with um, rear-mounted filters for the for some of the cameras. They have them for I think Fujis and. I, and maybe Canon, but definitely Nikon Z. And so you can get the filter and then it just, it just goes right on top of the, it just sort of attaches in right above your sensor, you know, in the lens mount itself. So you can have one filter that you can use with any lens. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the thing that started getting us thinking about maybe re-converting our camera to the full spectrum. Mm -hmm. So just an idea. Um, And we have links to those on our page as well. Okay, let's get into the the other fun stuff because this is where the the price starts going up um, on the exponential curve, right, Rick? Yeah.
1: So my first one, which is a camera and lens sort of combo. They're individual items, but um, I would recommend both. It's one that we've talked about before, so I'm not going to belabor it. But the uh, Olympus OM-1, um, is now discounted a bit it's down two hundred dollars although i've seen a an amazon thing that has it down like four hundred dollars temporarily but it, it's it's an awfully nice little camera if you're looking for something very compact simple but very very capable wonderful for travel great for wildlife photography um, and the standard zoom that i would recommend for it You know, presuming that you want to prioritize size and weight, is the Olympus twelve to forty-five millimeter f/4 zoom. It's very nice, very small, very sharp, nice zoom range. It's what I used in Portugal, and so that combo I think is outstanding. So I recommend it. Now, a new thing that we've not talked about, and I've just had. Been able to play with it for a few days, but I've been very impressed. Is the new Fuji XT5? It's our latest XT series. And if you've used an XT series camera or familiar with it, you kind of know what this is like. But it's, and we'll talk about it more in a later episode. But it's a little bit smaller, has IBIS, has a 40 megapixel APS C Mm -hmm. sensor, which so far appears to work really well and I'm not seeing issues with my existing lenses or anything like that with it. It seems to work great. And Fuji has fortunately fixed some of the autofocus problems that they had in the past, not just with their brand new cameras, but with firmware, firmware updates that it went, went into slightly older ones and it really did make a difference. It wasn't advertised that way, but the results are there. Um, so I feel a whole lot better about recommending Fujis again. But the XT five is a delightful uh, little camera, and then there are a series of newer lenses, lenses, primes that I would recommend just wholeheartedly. They have a, an eighteen millimeter one point four, a twenty three millimeter 1.4, a 1.4, and a fifty six one two, and they these are all their newer ones. They replace some of the older ones and they're all outstanding focus really well with the new newer cameras or the older ones um but they're gems
0: which i guess would be a great reminder if you're running a fuji system update your firmware yeah just go it's easy to forget sometimes it's easy to to overlook that those are some great ideas, and I'll just throw in. I mean, there's there's always going to be deals from from all the manufacturers around mm-hmm. this time of the year. I know Nikon is running specials. I'm sure I know Canon and Sony. They're all running yep. specials. Um, if If there was one sort of lens that I would recommend, you know this time of year, you know if you if you hadn't got one, um this is usually the kind of time where I, you might say, well, this maybe for the holidays, I'll get myself more of a specialty lens, right? Maybe a macro lens which are just phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, maybe that super wide angle lens uh that you don't have because you're just using an all-purpose zoom um i would certainly vote for if you do traveling and you use nikon z to get that 24 to 120 f4 it's I, a very good I, lens. i think it's just an absolute stellar stellar performer and i would recommend it in just about every case over the 24 to 70 kit lens Mm -hmm. Um, it's not as light but it it just it's far more versatile and it's really really sharp so the exception would be infrared right yeah i mean it's as we've talked about but for general photography absolutely right Um, crystal clear so that's that's a good one to have if you like general purpose um it's great for landscape photography. It's great for travel photography. It's good for walk around. I mean, it's just a good lens. It's got a great focal range. Um, and, and so that's one I would put on my list if I were, were shopping. Mm -hmm. Um, so anything beyond that, you know, we'll wait and see, (laughs) but it's like, because the, the price tags add up. So, you know, whether you're shopping for someone in your family, who's a photographer or even just yourself, um, Don't forget, you can see our entire list of all of our recommended items over on my website, which we'll link to from our Facebook page, facebook.com slash image doctors, or you can go direct to my site at luminescentphoto.com. But until next time, we want to wish you all very happy holidays. Thanksgiving is here in the U.S. Happy Thanksgiving to our um, U.S. listeners. And for the rest of you, have a great week. All right. Bye bye.